Hey everybody, this is Mark, and welcome to episode 41 of the Hard Rock Core Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, thanks for giving me a chance, and if you've gone through all 40 so far, thank you, because this is 41. If this is your first, I thank you for that as well. I appreciate everybody who tunes in, even if for one second. You know what? I appreciate everybody out there who listens to music, who supports music, supports live music, supports purchasing albums, downloading albums, and, and giving the bands their their dues. Bands have struggled for over the past year, financially, because we can't play live. don't know why I said we, but bands can't play live. So it takes a lot of it takes a lot of toll because we're so used to going to see concerts, experience that live format. It's missed by all of us. And yes, bands are doing live streams, and yeah, they're cool to watch, but nothing replaces that club, festival, arena, you name it, of bands who are there for the music, to support the band, sing along, throw the fist in the air, jump in a pit, whatever you do. That's all missed. So the ability to talk with bands, especially younger bands, especially newer bands, or bands who may not get the super highlighted support out there. Um, Always enjoy having those conversations. Even with the bands who get all the support, I love those conversations as well. But the Hard Rock Core podcast is all about the music and connecting the bands with the fans. And on today's episode, episode 41... I have vocalist guitarist Guillermo Izquierdo from the band. Now, I got to use some of my Spanish skills. And hopefully I didn't make myself sound like a fool when I was talking with him and trying to speak a little bit of Spanish. But I think I held out okay. Guillermo talks about their seventh album, being together as a band by 20 years. The, the seventh album is self-titled and was mixed by Zeus. And over their 20-year career, you know, they've evolved, they've become more precise, and he even talks about how they tuned down a little bit on this record, which may have given it, I don't know, in my opinion, a little bit of a more solidified sound and really enjoy this thrash, crossover, um, very, I don't know, if you, if you like thrash metal, you like death metal, you like crossover or hardcore, punk, this album can speak to you on many different levels. The band is from Spain. They talk about the span, uh, the scene there in Spain, which is kind of cool. And uh, again, just enjoy my conversation with Guillermo, who is very personable and, uh, you know, talks about the singles, Indoctrinate, you know, Bleed the Crown, talks about his vocal delivery. Just, uh, again, I enjoy the conversation that I have with bands and especially being able to shed some light on maybe a band you may not be so familiar with but this band has a 20 year history so go deep go listen to all seven albums go check it out on spotify and give a listen at the end of the podcast you can listen to the track indoctrinate as it will be at the end of this interview but as always you can find me online at hardrockcore.net with links to all of my socials including instagram twitter Spotify playlist, the YouTube channel, and of course, all the podcast information. And now, my conversation with Guillermo Izquierdo. Hola, ¿cómo estás? 
muy bien. Muy bien. I, I could, muy bien. I could try this in Spanish, but it probably wouldn't go too well. I can speak a little bit. <laughs> no, it's all right. I, uh, it's a bit difficult to, to hear you properly, but I think I will be all right. I could call you back if you like and see if we may, maybe get a better connection. Maybe. Let me see if it's... Uh, are you calling by a phone or a computer? Through the phone. Uh, maybe, maybe this is... No, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's all right. Just um, maybe uh, I will ask you to repeat the question if I have uh, some problems with the sound. I think it's, uh, it's all right. Do you hear me correctly? I hear you. Absolutely perfect. Perfect. Perfect, Max. So, uh, nice to meet you. Thanks for calling. Thanks for your time. No, thank you for your time. And I'm going to see if I can get my pronunciation correct on your first and last name. All right. Guillermo Izquierdo. Yeah. Perfect. It's perfecto. Yeah, sounds perfect. It was those uh, two years of Spanish in high school that, that helped me out. Or I can try that oh. in Spanish. Yo estudié español para dos años en escuela secundario. Fenomenal. Perfecto. Muy bien, muy bien. So, so how are things in Spain for you right now? How are you? How's your family over there? Oh, yeah, things are pretty fine right now. I mean, um, I'm thankful that uh, the pandemic didn't hit my family. And the, 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 vac the vaccination already started here. Half of my family already got the, the vaccine. So, yeah, uh, I pray that things continue like this and everybody can stay safe. So thanks for asking. I hope that, I hope that the, your family is it's, it's okay as well. Yeah, every, everybody's good. My mom has received the vaccine already. And... Uh, so far, so good. And, uh, you know, hopefully our world keeps moving forward positively and we've done enough to get live music back happening for us because I know we all miss that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, wonderful to hear. Yeah, we're kind of the same here. It's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, now the, the curfew things and all the... The quarantine, uh, no, the lockdown, I would say, uh, that, that we're suffering again this time. It's like uh, getting some relaxation. I hope it's uh, for good. And, and shows are like uh, coming a bit back, not normally, but at least we will be able actually to play next month. So, yeah, it's like kind of light at the end of the tunnel. What was the environment like for the past year? You know, because obviously you guys just put out your seventh album. Did you record this during quarantine or how did, how did you guys go about this? No, uh, the album was composed and, and written during the, the worst months of the, of the pandemic. I mean, the, the first month actually during the, the, the street quarantine. Uh, but we went to the studio by the, by the beginning of September. Uh, and, uh, things were quite better here in Spain, so there was not like a quarantine, there was not like a lockdown. Of course, there were a lot of uh, health measures and security measures, but we were able to go together and moving freely to go to the studio, so there was no problem for the, for the production and for the recording sessions, actually. But yeah, after December, we went back to a street lockdown again. We're, st we're still in this lockdown, like a uh, night curfew. It's uh, not allowed to go out from home at 10 in the 10 at night until 6, 7 in the morning, uh, I think. And uh, unless you have uh, permission for work, something like that. So yeah, we're still packed up. <laughs> 
Now, now, are people abiding by the rules that are set forth by the government to do that? No, no, no not so much, because I think that's not how people understand that this is a very dangerous situation because uh, there were a lot of people dying, of course. And now with the vaccination, the people are just watching that people are not dying that much. And there, there are not that many case, not that much cases of, 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 of uh, people dying every day. So, yeah, somehow that people, especially in my town, you know, I don't live in a big in a big city. So here, if I go right now to walk the dog, which is illegal, actually, uh, there's nobody on the on the street. So yeah, uh, I think that 99% of population are just uh, yeah being good citizens and respecting the the curfew all the stuff. That's good. Now, do you and all of the guys in the band live close together in the same area? No. Uh, um, when we were kids, when we started the band, yes, we were all friends and stuff. But no, my brother, the bass player, Jose, he lives in, a, in another town, 100 kilometers from here. David, uh, the guitar player, lives in Valencia, which is 200 kilometers from here. Uh, I, I do live in Albacete, which is our hometown. And Victor, the drummer, also lives here uh, in the same town. So... Yeah, but uh, uh, at the end, it's like, yeah, it's uh, it's not that far. Now, is it easy to get together to, to practice and rehearse and to write these songs, or did you guys do it all apart? Yeah, uh, for I would say that for the last 10 or even 12 years, we are used to rehearse alone because we all got our, you know, we're all got girlfriends and stuff and living with our families. Uh, and, and of course living, living in different cities, but we got used to, uh, to this, to work uh, through internet and just get, uh, getting together, uh, not, uh, not, not for so many days, but maybe like three, four times per month, something like this to practice together. But, uh, there was a time during the last five, six years that we were playing so much, touring so much that we never rehearsed because just tooting was our rehearsal, you know? So yeah, all the time that we were not tooting, all the time that we're not uh, working in the band, we're not tooting, we prefer to stay at home and, and don't see each other for a long time. So yeah, we got used to work uh, alone at home and, and actually this album was was uh, produced and written this way. Like I said, we, we were just composing at home and then sending all the staff together and having a lot of conversations through uh, uh, Zoom and Skype and WhatsApp and all that stuff and just uh, putting all things together. It's quite comfortable for us actually to work this way. Well, I think all bands need to find the way that works best for them. And obviously, and, and again, have to say congratulations is 20 years as, as a band that you guys have just hit this year. But, you know, going growing up in, in, in Spain and starting the band, I, I would assume you guys were all closer together, more in the same town when you started? Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, as I told you, the bass player is my blood brother. So, of course, we know he taught it for forever, <laughs> since forever. And, yeah, I met David and Victor when I was 13 or 14 years old. We started with, uh, we, we, at, at the first side, it was like uh, becoming friends and sharing music and CDs and cassettes and talking about musicians, talking about the instruments. So, uh, the first time that we were able to play an instrument, we, we just played together, and it happened 20 years ago, 21 years ago, actually. So, yeah, I think it's very healthy for us and for the relationship to 
keep behind uh, friends like this. So, and, and this is a very good thing for us. It's like, as I told you before, we, we spend a lot of time when we're touring, when we're uh, on tour before the pandemic, uh, we spend like months together in the same in the same bus, in the same van. And it's, it's very healthy for us to, after a tour, spend a lot of time separated like this. And I think it's kind of the secret fuss of still behind super good friends, like family, that, you know, uh, the things for the work, like this, uh, like this time we prefer to do it separately. It's more comfortable and it's less, um, it's less like a routine, you know. Yeah, it, 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 every band, you know, you guys have been fairly consistent with the same band members and a lot of bands, I was talking about this earlier with somebody that a lot of bands nowadays go through a lot of members, but you guys have been pretty consistent in your past. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that the, the reason is, is what I was talking before. I think it's uh, very important for us to... To, to keep behind friends like this because we don't, we, I can't imagine like playing with other people in, in, a, in, a, in another band. And I think this is why, in our opinion, in my humble opinion, I think that every album we're improving ourselves and every new album we're um, doing it better and uh, learning more things and uh, yeah, growing up like as musicians and of course uh, as human beings, and I think it's because we're all grown up together, and this is uh, for us is very very important. So I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Some maybe uh, somehow someone will leave the band in the future, and I hope it it will not happen. But it could happen, of course, uh, because we're still no, no, nobody in the band got kids, for example, and I, and I know that this is a. Uh, and sometimes uh, this is a reason for some musicians to leave the bands because they, they need to, to stay at home with the kids and stuff. I don't know what's going to happen when some of us got kids, but I really hope that we can keep this uh, doing these things that we're doing for the last 21 years. Yeah, because it's like, I think it's uh, one of uh, the seal of, uh, of uh, like, how to say it in English, like, um the proof uh, that this band is, is, is what it is because of this. It is a very important thing for this band. Um, so yeah, I just keep fingers crossed that things will, will stay the same for the next years, of course. Well, that's great. I only, only want the best for you guys. And when you, when you were putting out this album and I'm getting the, you know, the, the promos for it and, and I'm listening to it and with songs like uh, indoctrinate and bleed the crown and you, you kind of just spoke about it a little bit. You've grown as musicians. And I, I think what you've put out now is kind of a, a joint effort of everything you've done because you still are, are very much a, a, a dark thrash style band. But I also hear more of the gang style vocals and some of your choruses and some of the breakdowns have sort of like a crossover type vibe almost into like the hardcore world. Is that something that you guys have evolved into or were you always a fan of that? Yeah. Uh, it's something that came naturally. And if you pay attention uh, to our previous albums uh, all over our discography, like even from the, from the early days when we were kids and we were recording the first two albums, all that kind of influence, the crossover of uh, dark dress, as you say, um, like, 
I would even say more punk and hardcore influences were always there. So somehow I think at this time they came just more naturally, maybe because we went um, half step down in the tuning of the guitars for the first time. So I think that naturally music started to sound more like deeper and bigger. And I would say also that the situation that recording, not well, not recording, but reading, writing and producing this album during the global pandemic, especially the worst months during the last year, I think that it uh, made the music sound way more aggressive and violent even. So yeah, I think at this time, uh, all that kind of influence, all that kind of sound that you were mentioning, I think that they are more uh, obvious than ever. But it was always uh, something that was uh, impressed in our music. But I think that this time somehow it's uh, more um, like it's uh, it's more listenable. It's more uh, it's more obvious than ever. Yeah, I totally agree with with, with what you say. Yeah, when I, when I hear it, it, it's some bands don't like to hear it, but sometimes it's kind of just a you become more mature as a musician and in your songwriting, and it starts to show. And some we all know those are those fans out there who only want the first or second album. You know, when when some people listen to Metallica, they only want to hear Kill 'Em All. You know, they don't want anything else. Or they, or yeah. they you know, but I always like when not everybody can be ACDC and do the same album over and over again and be successful, <laughs> you know, especially with, with a, with a darker thrash band, putting those little steps of evolution and maybe going back and retracing your roots always can give you something a little different. And, and you know, Metallica's career, once they went through injustice, they kind of said, we can't keep doing the same thing and they needed to do something different. You guys have, <laughs> maintained yourselves but also kind of gone around it i don't know maybe it's the um you had zeus involved in this if i'm not mistaken in mixing it correct mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, it is. yeah yeah he's involved yeah so he and and he is uh responsible of of, of, of the, the of the sound of this new album as well but the songwriting as you said like uh, we we take this band we take uh the the way we we see the music the way we see our band is like uh we, we want Angelus Apatria to be the band that we would love to watch on stage and the band we would love to, to hear. So this is why we try to improve every time to uh, make, uh, to improve from our mistakes, you know, to learn from our, from our previous mistakes. So it's like during all our career, every album is like just pulling uh, the, the, what we already comp- uh, recorded before it's like trying to okay i record this album we made this song so i don't want to do this i i need to improve this so this is the way we, we try to compose new music it's like not watching we, what we did before but trying not to make the same mistake try to improve ourselves so it's like not trying to 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 do something completely new it's like try to be um uh not to say sincere to ourselves, uh, musically talking and saying that, like, of course, I don't want to be changing the, my music style every album. I just want to improve. And, and I remember when we recorded the first album that we were just kids and we didn't have 
just like 200 to 2000 bucks for recording the entire, the entire album. The same for the second album that we commit a lot of mistakes. We were kids. We, we were not good technically. Uh, and of course it was the first time we were composing something like this and just releasing an album by ourselves because no label was just, um, wanted here in Spain to, to release our music. So we were doing things like, uh, do it yourself like like this way so every new album we wanted to improve this and try not to commit the same mistakes so I think this is why in my opinion I think that every album is way better than the than the previous one but all of them got something special of course at the same time but uh, I, I also I would like to say that for example, the, the example that you said with Metallica uh, I think that Metallica every new album was amazing and watching all of them even now like talking about albums like Load or Reload that they were like super criticized the, those in, in those years back those days uh, uh, nowadays I, I would say that of course they, they, they are masterpiece I mean they knew what they were doing and I think every single album of Metallica for example, uh, I could say the same from other bands like Iron Maiden or, or Judas Priest. But I think that they are always doing very great albums at the time. I, I, could, I couldn't say the same with other bands, but in the case of Metallica, I would say, yeah, of course, there are a lot of people that stay only with the first two albums, but I think that in our case, the last album of Angela Zapatia will be always the better. But this is just my opinion, of course. So as, as you were a, a, a young guy growing up and before you guys started the band, what were you listening to and what was the music scene like at, near you there in Spain? Uh, I started listening rock music when I was eight. Uh, so it's, uh, it's already 29 years listening to heavy metal music. Uh, since the very beginning that I listened to Idol Maiden, which was the first band that I, that I listened to, um, I knew that I wanted to be part of this. I want. I, I wanted to be part of this scene. I wanted to play guitar and I wanted to have my own band. So I've been into heavy metal music things. I remember in my life, uh, and of course, I made this band with my brother. Uh, so yeah, we both we have another brother, and we, we all three of us were just uh, sharing the music and sharing the experience all over all over our lives. Uh, I started with Iron Maiden. Uh, uh, I just started to, to gain more bands and knowing more uh, different styles, different music styles. Since uh, in Spain, everything came in so late because of the dictatorship of the, that, that finished in the 75. Uh, I would say that most of the music that we were just listening to when we were kids were the uh, English spoken music. But of course, it was uh, there started in the eighties. In the eighties, they started to 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 play a lot of uh, Spanish bands, but they all sing in Spanish. And they are still uh, most of them are still on the scene, and the, the Spanish scene nowadays, I think it's great. I think it's uh, very powerful. Like, it, it's very young at the same time, but there, I think that uh, from the last ten years, uh, a lot of new bands, like I would say, uh, we are included, uh, are becoming more and more famous here uh, and of course uh, we are we're starting to support new bands from other countries now but there are a lot of people that, that say that uh, the Angelus Apatria is the first band that they know that come from Spain but of course not we have a very healthy and very good scene here and I'm very proud of that actually 
You you mentioned like the dictatorship. Were they not allowing a lot of external music into the country, or was it just slow coming into the country back then? Yeah, um, there, there was a, a fascist dictatorship here in Spain from the thirty nine uh, until seventy five. But uh, democracy didn't came until the eighty eighty one actually. So yeah, I mean, uh, it was uh, everything came so late. You know, when when the rest of the world was uh, joining rock and roll music or the even the the punk scene music, the first punk bands, the fans, the, the first heavy metal bands like Deep Purple, Lap Zeppelin, or Black Sabbath, or even the the, the, the early Iron Maiden, nobody heard this in Spain because it was completely uh, forbidden. Uh, it was not allowed to to listen to that kind of music. There was everything was controlled. Uh, all the borders were were controlled by the censorship, and, and of course uh, from all. From all the music all over the world, uh, only one one hand one per maybe one or two percent of the of the global music was entering the country, of course. And so, yeah, it was quite dif- difficult. And in the eighties, when when everything changed, the democracy came, blah blah blah. Uh, everything came at the same time, so there was like kind of misinformation with that. So yeah, but I think that that. that we could just uh, get over that and and grew up like a uh, heavy metal scene. So this is why I think that nowadays in 2020, uh, during the last years, we're starting to have a very, very great and cool uh, heavy metal scene, strong one, very young at, at the same time, with a lot of festivals, with a lot of bands coming to, to Spain and, and, and a lot of people enjoying the shows. And of course, bands like Angel Chapatrida, like new bands doing things, different like singing in English and, and playing other kind of, of, of heavy, of heavy metal styles. Uh, so yeah, this is why I feel, uh, in this case, uh, very proud about this. So, so as, as the scene develops and as we are now in 2021, what is, what's the next step for you guys now? Are, are you, do you have shows booked later this year over there or, or what's next? Well, um, we are we are a company uh, for the last thirteen years, and it's, we are having a very very bad situation with all the pandemic because we're uh, already one year without working. So the economical situation of the company is really uh, reaching the point of no return. So yeah, uh, finally uh, we will be able to play the first show in one month, twentieth of March. We're playing in the capital of Spain. We're playing in Madrid uh, in a very cool show in a big venue with all the um, COVID, uh, anti-COVID measures, like healthy measures. But at least we will be able to get back to work and start uh, um, start uh, having a bit of uh, economy for the band. But I'm afraid that the, all the festivals, all the summer festivals that, that we have confirmed, uh, I'm afraid that they will be canceled. So we're already uh, starting to know that many European festivals are canceling their, their editions. The first of them were Hellfest. They already canceled. And I'm afraid that most of them will cancel as well. There are like... Uh, some kind of hope with this for bands like us because uh, I was reading today that in France uh, shows until 5,000 people will be allowed 
during the summer. So hopefully in Spain will be like this. And at least we could reactivate the company. We could reactivate the, uh, the touring, at least here in Spain. So we can start to come back to, to work as soon as possible. But I think that we have to wait until next year, 2022 to start working in the same way that we were working in 2019, I guess. Uh, I just keep my fingers crossed that things will be much better. And of course, people will be safe with this, not only here in Spain, but all over the world. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of tours to do. Many countries, of course, North America, we've never been there. So yeah, we need to, this uh, happen, the sooner the better. Well, it would be awesome to get you guys over here. You know, come out to California. We'll try to find some authentic food for you to uh, enjoy, some paella uh, or something like that. <laughs> well, no, I know. I swear that if I go to California, I, I need to try Californian paella or something like that. But I just can't wait for going to, to the States. It's like it's the only place on planet Earth, actually, that we never toured. And we got solid plans. For last year, we got like a solid tour to happen. And of course, it just went to hell because of the pandemic. So it's like, imagine all our life just waiting for the chance to um, to tour the States. It's something that every band all over the world wants to do, of course. And we finally got the opportunity of doing this last year. And of course, uh, the pandemic came. So I just hope that the, we will be lucky enough to get this back in 2022 and of course going at, for finally to the United States and, and make uh, our music, just spread our music over there. I just keep my fingers crossed this to happen. Well, we, we would love to get you over here, but since you're talking about touring, what are your favorite countries to tour over in your parts of the world? Uh, this, it's difficult to say because every country, every part of the world got something different that makes it uh, special. Uh, I would say that Spain is, uh, of course, it's, it's, a, it's the best place for us because we have big bands here in Spain. We're headlining our festivals in ourselves. So, yeah, of course, the, the amount of people and, of course, the amount of money we got for every show here, it's uh, huge. But outside of Spain, I would say that maybe the second place, uh, favorite second place for playing is Latin America. Any of any of these countries like Mexico, Argentina, Chile, Bolivia, it doesn't matter. Brazil, they are all fucking crazy. It's incredible. We fucking love to play in Latin America. It's like they they are always uh, leaving every show like it was it, like if it was the last show of their lives, and I fucking love that. And of course, Europe, it's incredible as well. But the rest of Europe is quite. Different. Some countries are even are like more colder. Like the reaction are colder or something like that. But it's a it, it's nice as well. It's, 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 I, I really love the tour in, in Switzerland, Germany, Sweden, the UK. It's like France and France, of course, Italy, uh, Eastern Europe is awesome as well. That's like that. They, they really like to party. They really like to moss. It's like incredible part. And of course, Asia and Australia, but Asia, we, 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 we toured in China, we toured in Japan, in, in, in Taiwan. And it's incredible. It's incredible because we are so different. Our cultures are so different, but at the same time, it's so emotional that 
uh, and it's so good that we're all bonded by heavy metal. Like the same time, it doesn't matter. The first time we played in Japan, it was sold out. And it was incredible. It was like that. And, and, and I would say that Japan actually is one of my favorite parts of the planet because it's like a super comfortable, uh, super cozy place. I, I really love the country. And of course, Australia. I think Australia is a rock and roll country. All the three shows we got there, man, just kicked ass so mad. Actually, even in, in, in we played in Morocco, but in Africa, and it was awesome. It was awesome. People were so fucking crazy. It was like a 20,000 20, people festival with a lot of different bands and stuff. And it was incredible in Morocco. So it was like, yeah, I love it. So I just can't wait to, to go and play the United States. We know we have a lot of good friends there, band members. And, and they are always saying that Dude, you have to come to the States and play there because people will love your music and you will love the country. And it's like, oh, yes. We just need to do that. So, yeah, hopefully it will happen sooner than later. See, when you started talking about the Latin America countries to begin with, I think back to the uh, the Iron Maiden home video where they're, what was it, Flight 666, where they, you know, Bruce is flying them all around the country and they're playing all, you know, Chile <laughs> and I, I want to say, not the Dominican Republic, but somewhere like that where they're like building stages out of bamboo and stuff. But there's like the, they're crazy yeah, yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah. They're just yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, just that energy level. The states, I, I think the states are, are spoiled because there's so much opportunity to see it. But when you get to like Latin America and South America and places like that, they don't have the opportunity and touring regime that America has. So when they get those bands, it's so passionate. It seems. Yeah, 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 exactly. They, they, I think that they are, but, but every, every band has to play in, in Latin America. But of course, I think that the political and the economical situation in the country make, maybe makes uh, people that they are not able to go to every show. So every time that a band, especially foreign bands, European bands or American bands, go play Latin America, they go crazy, completely crazy. I remember the first time we played in Mexico, they were like, I don't know, 200 people outside the building because they were they didn't have enough money for paying the ticket. And I, I can't remember that the ticket was quite, it was like a normal ticket. It was not very expensive. Maybe it was something like, I don't know, 18 or 20 bucks, something like that. And there were like 200 guys and girls waiting outside the building just take pictures with the band and buy some merchandising because they were not able to go into the building because they didn't have enough money for tickets. And it happens every time, you know, in, in different, in different countries. It's like, it's uh, the, the way they, they, they live heavy metal. It's uh wow. It's incredible. And I think it's uh, Latin America is the future for heavy metal. I'm, 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 I'm I think it's uh, it, it's like this. I think they, they are the future for the scene. Man, that's just, just, the, the, the thought and, and feeling that you have with your your passion for the fans and the music and what you've seen is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, I just can't wait to go back to, to Latin America as well, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I hope you guys can get something lined up. And I know a lot of, and I did see that Hellfest got canceled recently, and, and hopefully other things will stay on track or, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I, I've never been to a European festival. I've only been to ones here in America, but I know that you can't have Vakken or Hellfest or Bloodstock with 5,000 people. It's not going to be the same. 
Yeah, no, of course. It, it's not. Uh, I, I don't know if they're gonna do like uh, light sessions. You know, like maybe they will try to save the situation with five thousand people. But of course, they cannot uh, get the big headliners for that. Not because it's economically, it's completely impossible. So yeah, imagine this is a this is a very fun tough situation. I mean, uh, and especially that they are already just. Uh, delaying the, the because this festival was supposed to happen last year and so it's not going to happen this year it's going to happen next year hopefully so it's like wow well, i can't imagine the, the situation so yeah of course i think that no those kind of festivals will not happen maybe they will do like small sessions with different bands hopefully they will call angelus Patria because of course for us playing for 5,000 people is more than okay and um and uh, i really pray that this this can happen for us because it will save our lives, of course. But no, I think that the major festivals like back here, North Hellfest, Last Sox, Summer Breeze, um, all that kind of festivals, sadly, I think that they they won't happen this year. Yeah, well, we'll hope for 2022. And since that's so far away, are, are you guys already working on new music or are you just going to take, take a little bit of time and enjoy this one getting out to the fans for, for the time being? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's quite weird to think about new music, but of course it's a reality. I mean, uh, for next year, if, if especially for the rest of of the world, uh, I mean, uh, for outside Spain, we we won't be doing things. So it's more probably that we just released this great album that maybe a lot of people would just forget about us. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're just still working a lot in the promo of this new album, and we will start working for the for the first shows, preparing the set list and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, most most probably we will start working a new music. Why not? It's like uh, actually we got new ideas, uh, and and we we got two songs off of this album that they were they were out of the album because it was quite long. So I would like to to rescued the, the, these two two songs and keep on working on them and make new material, I don't know, maybe in a few months, something like that. Yeah, of course, why not? It's like the, the, main, re- the main thing is trying not to stay uh, without doing anything and try to keep on with, uh, with the work. So yeah, why not? Maybe next year will be new music from Mandeo Sepetria. Could be, yeah. Well, I, I definitely look forward to it, and uh, hopefully, people get out there and, and get your seventh album that's out now, and uh, the the songs that have been released. Hopefully, people go listen to those and then go download or purchase the uh, the full length because it, it's it's a monumental release for you guys, and I think everything you guys have strived for in your careers is captured in this recording. and And very proud of what you guys have done, and, and so much thanks for your time today as well. Well, thanks. Thank you so much for your words. And I, I actually agree. I think that this album is the perfect card presentation for uh, new fans, you know, for, for the people that never heard about Andalus Apatrida before. And of course, uh, I don't think that the album is physically available in the United States. I, I know that there are many places that they got the copies, but just in case, of course, everybody can just follow us on our own streaming platforms like Spotify, Tidal, Pandora, whatever. 
and we will be more than happy to wait until the day that we can come there and show our music live. You know? just, just, just awesome. And again, appreciate your time today. And once I get this edited, I'll shoot you a link so you guys can share it as well. And I uh, wish nothing but you, the, the band, the families, friends, nothing but greatness over there. Uh, thank, thank you so much. Uh, I really want to to thank you your your time and the opportunity of having me talking with you this time. And, and of course, I, I will be the same for you and your family and for all the people listening to this. Just stay safe and and please, uh, everything will pass. And just let's uh, look for our uh, what for our. Uh, fathers or, or grandmothers and our grandfathers and for their lives and just try to keep everybody safe until this nightmare is over. I, I, I completely agree with you there. So, so much, man. Have a great night again. Thanks for your time. And I'll drop you a link once this goes live. Of, of course. And we will be very happy to share it in our, in our social media. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thanks for your time and have a nice day. Mucho gracias, mi amigo. Gracias, Mark. Gracias. Buenas noches. Sí. And that was my interview with Guillermo Izquierdo from Spain. And I got to use some of my Spanish there, and he actually understood what I was saying. So Spanish class came, came, came in handy today. Um, maybe next time I'll try to go more, more in conversation. But if you don't understand Spanish, you're not going to understand it. But um, I had a good time. I like to be able to do that and surprise people with language every now and then. Um, but uh, again, please get out there. Go check them out on Spotify, on YouTube. Um, just this album is is crushing start to finish. There's thrash. There, there's crossover appeal to it. Oh, it's like a punky hardcore vibe in some of it. But definitely, definitely, definitely check out this album. As always, you can find me online at hardrockcore.net. Links to all of my socials, including Instagram, Twitter, the Spotify playlist, the YouTube channel, and of course, all of the podcast information. As always, stay safe, stay true, tell your family and friends you love them, give them a hug, and have an awesome day.